to another week of it. I'd be Tony Martin. Can I It's Richard Marsland. He doesn't ride a bicycle. He doesn't balance a ball on the end of his nose. He doesn't really do anything. He just hangs out for a couple of hours a day. But that doesn't matter. The crowds just keep on coming. You know what? Hell, they do. At your house, Richard, if you had the glass panels put in the front room, mm-hmm. so you can just sit there in your glory, yeah. uh, as you call it, and yeah. watch TV and people can watch. And live fishbowl style. Brilliant. I like the idea. Oh, I like the Big Brother house. We haven't mentioned the Big Brother house because I haven't been watching it. There's been nothing going on, is there? Not a lot going on. No. Usually you know something's going on because it'll be flagged in uh, the Zoo Weekly. Mm. Yes. The latest uh, bone of this program. Breeze. Breeze. Who's Breeze? Uh, now, hang on. You're testing here. Breeze on the Friday night. It's a knockout ripoff. Right. He's giving me a thumbs up. Yeah. With like uh, oh, Talent Bag Diamond. Okay. Uh, and uh, what's his name? Right. And she's the girl. In that. She was in Big Brother. I don't know what. And she... Last year, the year before, and she got evicted, and she's famous for that. Right, she's uh, pretty hot. Yeah, well, she's uh, saying what they need in the house this year. Apparently, it needs body chocolate by the truckload. Oh, yeah. So, this has been a bit boring this year. Yeah, yeah. Get in the body chocolates for Al Jolson musicals. (laughs) That's fantastic. Bit of manning. Terrible. They can brown up. Terrible, Richard. What else? Reenactments of the gods must be crazy. (laughs) I'm just trying to work out what body chocolate is. It's chocolate. <laughs> you would have talked about it on that sex show you did with Big yeah, Bardo. Surely. Remember that uh, Christian group released that album called Him and Clay? <laughs> no. <laughs> talking what was the idea? That we're all mold, that they can mold us. Was it Flood or Jars of Clay or what was the Christian group? <laughs> was this something happening in the real world or in your mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down the fishbowl. <laughs> uh, they're asking Bree the, the tough questions about how to find Big Brother. They say, who would be the hottest in the house once you got her into a bikini? Oh, goodness. <laughs> Where do we start? Like, haven't they already all been photographed in bikinis and been in Zoo magazine already? It's quite incredible. They hadn't been in there a week, and one of them was naked in Zoo. <laughs> How do they do this? Well, the Big Brother house, it's all pools and spas and whatever, yeah. so it lends itself to uh, skimpy clothing. But why can't one year just have an igloo? That would not work. Oh, come on. Here's a great question for Bree from the editors at Zoo. What's that tattoo you've got near your gate of fire? <laughs> That's a question for an interview. I'd like to think that was the question that maybe they cribbed from Laurie Oaks on the Sunday show. Also, so. Gate of fire? Is that what people are calling it these days? Oh, they must be. It's going to come in today. I've got a bit of trouble at the old gate of fire. Uh, oh, the rest of it's too fruity to read out. <laughs> Except I was watching a bit of it last night, and that woman TJ got the arse. She out of there? She's out of there. What was her story? Uh, not blonde. No. And real death. Simply not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
in the Big Brother house. Uh, what else was going on in there? Oh, look, you know, I'm glad to see Travis is still in there. Who's Travis? Warning. Oh, warning. He's in case you can't remember him. Who's this little fella? That's a little bloke, Jess. Yeah, so are you single or are you you're married? Yeah, single single mother. Mother. It's been a bloody big day. Well, I am just happy mean? to lay back in the old banana here and just chill. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a bloody big day. Uh, what a huge day for you, sir. You had to walk onto a stage and then spit in a banana. You must be tucked out. Now, he stopped adding the letter O to the end of words at random, which has oh, been difficult to him. But he is now determined to break the world record for using the word mate. <laughs> in sentences, he's such a good guy. Yeah. Normally, people in radio hold that record. Yes. I think you'll find. Check him out, mate. Seriously, I don't know how to bloody repay you. You don't have to, mate. The palms will be on me for a while now. I'll tell you, no, I'm bloody, I feel embarrassed, mate. You're kidding. Mate, yeah, no, mate, look at this stuff, mate. Grab a beer, grab whatever, mate. Oh, mate. <laughs> I feel bloody embarrassed, mate. I feel embarrassed. No, that's just one continuous bit. I feel bloody sick, mate. <laughs> But he's, uh, you know, people say they're not uh, self-reflective in the house enough. You know, certainly that's true. Uh, on an outer level, so they are. Plenty of mirrors there. <laughs> but what about the inner life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about looking within? Yes. Travis has decided to nut himself out. Wait, mate. You're a real switched-on educated sort of bloke. I'm a bit more of a, like, um, a bit more of a day, not a daydream, but I'm a bit more, um, a bit more, um, Representative at the UN. Good idea. Imagine this scenario. On one side of the table, George W. Bush. Yes. On the other side of the table, I'm a dinner jacket. <laughs> bloke that runs uh, Iran. Iran. In the middle, Travis, oh, yeah. being the mediator. On a banana. Just saying this. So, if he's like willing to believe me, rocks up to you and says, Good mate, I'm sorry at what's been said. I know we've got our issues and rah rah, but do you want to just like look in for our time when we're in here? Let's just leave it alone and whatever. I was joking you'd be happy with that. So I'm um, going to approach it anyway. Just today's other day. Yeah. yeah. Sorted. Done and dusted. Over a palmo. Sorted. Palmo. Get a bit airheady with it. Bang! World peace on the table. <laughs> Courtesy Travis. Get <laughs> the bike going forward, I say. <laughs> All right, we've nutted out world peace. That'll do. What else we got? You'll find out next on Get This. Laser surgery would probably take care of that. Thank you very much. Uh, who have we got there? Good Charlotte here at Get This on they, uh, they say what we're all th- thinking because the hits be bugging me all night as well. As it really. They say they've got a Kershaw tucked down their pants. Yeah, we've had a lot of people in. That's the actual lyric. Is it real? Yeah, they say Kershaw. At the beginning, can you cue it up so we can prove Who that? Who can you actually? Okay, that'll be good. He says, yes, I can. 
Yeah. Now, we've had a lot of emails, a lot of people calling up, claiming there is a reference to Nick Kershaw at the beginning of that song. They wouldn't know about it. And they if, wouldn't. If you're new to give this, um, I can't explain why that's important. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Just go with us. Any luck, Rich? Find it later on. Oh, okay. You have to do it. You have to do it. I had it queued up uh, at some stage last week, but I've lost it. Yeah, next break. Tony Bullimore queued up because uh, there's Bullimore news. Doomed the Osman. (laughs) 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 You've had nappy wearing astronauts this year. Who else have we had? Um, Well, he can be doomed the Osman from now on. Mm. Tony, of course, uh, disgraced businessman. That's become permanent. Uh, Doom Gossman, Tony Bullimore, has aborted his solo round-the-world record spin. Uh, he's now returning to Hobart. And wouldn't you like to think that when he gets back into port, it'll sound a bit like the last time? An abrupt end for Tony Bullimore's Indian Ocean crossing in Albany this morning. Oh! <laughs> uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, that's him crashing into a stationary jetty. That's him not realising that there is a point where the sea stops and land begins. <laughs> and it's a solo around the world tour that he's trying to do, is it? Here's a tip, Tony. Take someone who knows how to sail. How about that? You can be in charge of all the wacky crashing and let them sail the thing. A 50mm pin holding the four-stay on his 31-metre catamaran. Oh, okay. Lost a retaining bolt. Yeah. So he had to return to port. It's something he's set up himself. Look, you know, I know I get in trouble whenever I say this, but I'm serious. I reckon Tony Bullimore is sexually aroused by being rescued from yachting accidents. <laughs> well, he kissed the first thing he did the first time he got rescued was plant one on them. And the, but that dude, that the blanket they, they had in covering him, which supposedly to keep him warm, was dancing around Big Brother style. Do you remember that David Cronenberg movie, Crack? Yes. People sexually aroused by car accidents. It was kind of, if you haven't seen it, it's like a porno movie made by the Tra- Traffic Accident Commission. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Bullimore was like a nautical version of that. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Well, the lawyer's calling. They probably are. Uh, okay. What have you got there? Some cat news. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> A Chinese woman knocked out by a cat falling from a block of flats oh, yeah. to 200 residents because mm-hmm. none will admit responsibility. Uh-huh. I was walking on the footpath under the building and suddenly a head... Oh, me friends! trial on, I think, Sky News, possibly, overnight, or maybe even BBC. Or the Cartoon Network. <laughs> and I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, and they were just giving a character, uh, giving a character uh, illustration of yeah. the kind of guy Phil Spector is, and I fell asleep around the Renettes and woke up around the Ramones, and <laughs> in all cases, waving guns around and uh, getting drunk on cognac. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how he's gone, okay, 
the jury isn't going to like me. Yeah. You know, the evidence isn't looking good. No. How can I curry favour for them? Uh-huh. How can I work on my appearance so they like me? Mm. I know. Maybe if I dressed up as, say, what you would look like if you were David Spade <laughs> and you were cast as an elderly, morphine-addicted pedophile <laughs> and wear the creepiest possible three-piece suit I can find. That'll get people liking me, won't it? Because I thought what he'd done was he's like, all right, I'm in some trouble here, some big trouble. I wave the gun around. I take pot shots. That's just who I am. The jury won't understand me. If I wear a Carol Brady wig, maybe they'll think I'm a lovable housewife. All right, is that enough? That'll do. Is that enough legal trouble for one program? On a sports report? Let's have one now. Yeah, oh, after. Uh, all right. Sizzle. Sizzle it up for next on Get This. Original sin here. Get this on Triple M. Uh, we're talking about the Nick Kershaw reference in the Good Charlotte song. Have you got that cute? Here it is. I got Neatly tucked inside of my waist. Trying to work out what a Kershaw actually is. I think we've found out it could be a hunting knife. Or a synthesizer. Mm. <laughs> Possibly. Well, maybe it's just Nick. Maybe these days, Nick's available to be strapped to the waist of people. <laughs> just to help them if they fall over. Careful, that bloke's got Howard Jones strapped to his waist. <laughs> he looks tough. This guy's packing Lamar. Do you want a sports report? Okay, let's have some. It is Monday. We'll need that theme music. Can you find like that, Mr. Martha? Yeah, got that. Okay. Time for a sports report. demonstrated he can be a Cameron Bruce-style aerobic midfielder. Look, we've had a few people call up. Suzanne says her Capril T-shirt, her mm. limited edition, mm. get this, Triple M Capril T-shirt was stolen off her washing line in Queensland. Where? What's her name? Suzanne. It's your own fault, Suzanne. Uh, poor Cape Security. <laughs> the only way you can, uh, only way to read that. She's trying to angle for another one, isn't she? Oh, she might yeah, be. Yeah, angling. Capril. It was so popular, Capril. But what do we do next? Well, here's an idea from Jonathan Rath who says uh, he wants everyone to dress up as a pirate for the month of August and go around saying, That would be, yes. Yeah. Who wants us to do, yes. Yeah. I don't know, will people be sick of piracy by then? The uh, Pirates of the Caribbean movie will have come and gone. Video pirates everywhere. Been so revolted by all those squiggly octopuses <laughs> on Bill Nye's face. You I've noticed the Pirates of Pendance is back. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're trying to promote it like it's Pirates. They're the trying to fool the kids into thinking that they're going to go along and see Johnny Depp. I think it's Anthony Warlow dressed as Johnny Depp. Hey, look, kids, it's the Toad of Toad Hall, but it's like the Matrix. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait a second. Toad and Toad Hall reloaded. All right. Yeah, they're not going to be that happy if they're going along. Let's start fighting that, hopefully. Where's the bloke with the octopus on his face? Okay. What else? Ed Cavalier. What? Are you still the prize king? If not, Al's brother. That's right, Al, one of our emailers, his brother is an absolute gun at finding bizarre presents that cost virtually nothing. I reckon you should give him 50 bucks and make him the official prize getter. You'll be amazed at what he'll turn up with. It'll certainly be more than what Cavalier fronts up with every day on Talkback Mountain. What's happened to the prize king? 
Pricing is abdicated. Uh, and Al, if, you're, if Al's brother wants Fiddy, yeah. let's, you know what I say to him. I say, let's send in the prizes first, then we'll send you Fiddy. Uh-huh. It's a pretty old trick. Send me 50 bucks and I'll send you a prize. <laughs> a box of sand territory. That's real making gold kind of claim. <laughs> real making gold. <laughs> you know what I mean? At West Excelsior. In but you know what he's on? Tone, you've got 50 bucks. We'll send it to him yeah. and we'll see what he comes up with. Thank yeah. you very much. I might wait until... <laughs> Mr. Marsden, news from around the world. What are you sitting on? Actually, it's right here at home, as a matter of fact. <laughs> is that okay? Keep going. Uh, this is actually in the state of Victoria, Port Phillip Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple uh, went out on a yacht. Mm-hmm. A guy borrowed his mate's 22-metre cabin cruiser worth an estimated half a million dollars. Yeah. Not a funny story. It kind of goes a bit awry, though, uh, when it was destroyed by a fire yeah. while they're out in the middle of Port Phillip Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to leap off and they had to wait for rescue while hanging around in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the boat came and picked them up and as they got to shore, the man revealed that he was actually um, going to propose to his girlfriend on the boat oh, right, right, right. at the time his engagement ring, which is now at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, so right. there you go. Well done. Uh, some sort of uh, hard-working divers could go out there and find the engagement ring. Salvage, you mean. And uh, the man said he was shocked and surprised that the boat caught on fire, but unaware that Tony Bullimore was on the boat. Great excuse not to get engaged. I was going to, I had a ring and everything, but it's at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, yeah. So... Bad luck. A yeah. whale's probably got it now. I oh, actually saw that couple were interviewed on the news that they said to the woman, you know, well, this is a tragedy, a disaster. Yeah. I mean, what does this mean? She goes, oh, well, I guess no more partying on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> guess not. Guess not. Uh, just one more person we should mention. Uh, I don't want to get into any trouble here, but um, the Taliban's top military Uh-oh. commander. Uh, is he coming in? No, he's being we on Thursday. He's oh. being bumped off in Afghanistan. Oh, no. Who am I talking about? Mullah Dadullah. That's who. <laughs> That's his name, Mullah Dadullah. Or possibly Mullah Dadullah. Either way. From Mullah Mullah I'm just going to be tuning into the news tonight to hear people say Mullah Dadullah. Mullah Rula, Sula, Sula, Vula, and Mullah Dadullah. All together in one bulletin. Keith Urban News? Oh, yes. Does he know Mullah the Dollar, do you think? I think so. I think most of his songs are about Mullah the Dollar. You I know more about Mullah the Dollar than I do about the songs of Keith Urban. Do you know what, Rich? I forgot to ask you in the song. Can you have a dramatic sting queued up for me, bro? <laughs> Just something kind of... <laughs> okay. Because I, I, you know you know who I turn to for all my uh, Keith Urban news tone? Our friends at the Courier Mail. Yes, of course. Which, and I love Keith Urban. You all know that. Mm-hmm. I've got all of his albums and... Yeah. Oh, the posters. <laughs> I've got no room for myself. Oh, my goodness. Can you name one of his songs? Yeah, do a rap. All right. Once in a Lifetime. Good on you, Rich. I read an article about Keith Urban on the weekend. Did you? Yeah, he performed Once in a Lifetime in concert. Okay. Not, not the actual Talking Heads song, though. Oh, his own one. Yeah. Here we go. Now, listen, listen, listen to the bombshells that they've uh, that they've uncovered over at the Courier Mail. Keith is in, in Brisbane about to do a series of concerts. His parents, Marianne and Bob from the Sunshine Coast, turned up to watch yesterday's preparation. At the Brisbane Entertainment... Oh, you're going to need another one, Rich. You're going to need three. Urban arrived, now this is the big news, at the Brisbane Entertainment Centre in a slick black Mercedes. Shock for everyone. He said that he hasn't decided what he's going to get his mother for Mother's Day. Oh, my goodness. In a separate interview with Keith Hare, he said it was looking forward to the challenges of the, challenges of the tour. Staying windswept is the main challenge, it said. 
before adding, making sure a 35-year-old man looks as much like Jennifer Aniston as possible is a full-time job. Is that all the news? That's all. Is that everything on Argus and Mullah the Dollar? That's it. And Keith but that's it. Hey, what about Mother's Day? Did it all go horribly wrong? It always does at our place. Yep. Let's find out what happened next. There is a very reflecting mistaken approach. They're primitive completely and wrong. There is no doubt about that. Thanks for that. Huge pulling power of the Nissan Navara. Yeah. Let's get this around the nation on Triple M. Just reminding you, podcast two is up there. And what uh, what lives in there? Shockers with uh, oh well, this will put people off. But their budget speech, good speech, with those bizarre sound effects yeah. in the background. That's on there. Peter Costello saying how he won't borrow any money. Yeah. Is Richard Marsland an Australian? <laughs> Find out by listening to podcast eighty two. Goats and ball sex. I don't know what that is. And plenty of big name guests. Jane Kennedy, Lockie Hume, Lachey, and Glenn Robbins talking about how Carl Stefanovic had uh, apparently in his younger days done the Uncle Arthur voice to pick up women. Now, see, would a robot do that? Maybe he isn't a robot. No, 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 come on. You think he is? Yeah. He's denying it. Yes, I can confirm that we are human most of the time. Is that robotic? Then what's up with all the beeps, bro? Yeah, the beeps. Hard to explain away the beeps, Carl. I'm giving you away. You've got to admit that. <laughs> what about some music? Mm, 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 mm. Rich? Yeah. What I'd like to hear is I'd like to hear a, a, a song that conjures images of, of three of us at a summer camp uh, having a fun time in the sun with a montage of outdoor activities. One, two, three, four. Leave me alone here and get this on Triple M. What's going on? <laughs> so it's in the new podcast, yeah. I sound like a crazy man again. It's just a stray line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not meant to be there. It's just dropped in. And Nikki and I were talking about it off there. Yeah. And she said that it was it was randomly in there. And I said, oh, okay. And, and I was trying to explain to Nikki how random gets used these days to mean anything but random. Oh, does it really? Oh, endless. Just endless people coming up to you going, <laughs> I went to a bar on Friday night, and I kissed a random. I was like, what does that mean? That means a stranger. Yeah, that's what it means. It was the most random night. What is it? Like, it was fun. It's something that's been happening to you a lot? Yes. Yes. Are you not getting enough random passion? Is that what this is really about? Use the word random to mean anything they'd like it to. It's very annoying. I describe my personality as random. <laughs> Let's have another paranoid schizophrenic. Random visit. Speaking of paranoid schizophrenics, let's talk about my family. All right. As we climb the all rock and all back mountain. Oh, look, thank you, Metallica. We're up on that mountain, and it was Mother's Day. Wait, can I cut in here? Yeah, sure. Quickly have a go at my ex-mate, John. Do it. Listen, John, if you're listening... You said you were meant to. You were meant to ring me on Saturday morning. He was meant to come and look at a house with me. Mm. He got drunk in a bar, mm. went somewhere, who knows where, and his phone was left off. 
Now, you've got to go and have a look at this house today, John. 12 Andrew Street. Go and have a look. Now, is this because it. you need to move back in? I'm getting kicked out. Yeah. Because things have got so tense and awkward with your flatmates because of you talking about them on this show. No, I just, I just, I've, I've, I said that I'm going, and now I have to go, and I don't really have anywhere to go at the moment. been telling me that you haven't been getting enough points on the cleaning wheel. No, no, no. That one of the yeah. women in the house is sleeping with condiments <laughs> because you are stealing them from her. <laughs> And too many slag-offs of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is true. This is true. I'm a hard man to live with. And what are you up the back saying they should be watching it? You're trying to force the wire. The wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wire's not for everybody. Yeah. It is great, though. It is great. Tough sell. Sorry. Anyway. It's a tough sell. Mother's Day. Now, I came in this morning and I looked over at Ed and I said, are we going to do anything about Mother's Day? And there was just an awkward silence because, well, in my family at least, it's uh, not really celebrated. Really? We'd have to track down my mum first. That's not easy. <laughs> She's constantly changing postcodes. <laughs> and some people change their names to avoid you in your family, son. Doesn't that happen? People constantly change. We just have, it's like Dean Paul Thursday. I have no idea what my half-brother's surname is. <laughs> I've got a half-brother coming in at the end of the show who I haven't seen for oh, about really? three years. Oh, wow. Who knows what he's called these days. He's serving you with a writ, is he? But summons. <laughs> as a result, I have written down here on my sheet, pressured in the family fun. What is this about, Ed? Well, cause, look, I, of course I, uh, I, I, I called my mum for, for Mother's Day and said Happy Mother's Day and all that kind of thing. Yeah. There's so much Mother's Day on the TV and radio and yeah. just endless photographs of people like hugging their mum. My mum's my hero. I don't believe you. To start with, really. So, then, so, so I thought, all right, I'm going to avoid it this year. I'm going to, I'll be nice to my mum, and then I'm sweet. I'll be, out, I'll be out of it. Not every family is as bitter as ours. <laughs> you to understand that, <laughs> and I know this because yesterday, uh, I, you know, I, my, the observer said, "Do you want to do? Do you want to go for a fun run with me in the morning? It starts at 8:30." And I said, "No." Uh-huh. Uh, and, and she said, well, "Because I don't have anyone to go with otherwise." Yeah. So I said. Okay, let's go. It's eight kilometres home. Mm. The fun stops about one second into it at the front gate. I would have thought. Yeah, it's all uphill as well. My mm. legs are killing me, and I thought as long as I don't get beaten by anyone older or fatter than me, <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> and I finished. And I was pretty happy. I had, I had a bit of a sprint with this fat bloke. Right. And I killed him in the last in, in the final straight. Bang! Oh, that fat bloke! <laughs> that fatty. I turn around, and there's like this big family of like. Silver-haired people, old people in yes. short, short, short shorts, hugging each other that they'd beaten. Like they'd, they'd beaten by ten minutes. Ten minutes. Wow. These turbo old people. Yeah, but what have they seen on YouTube? Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. Never seen a can in a sink in their life. <laughs> so I was, for, I was forced into running eight kilometres. Was that family fun? So it's just forced into fun. Is that what you're but look, you know, my family wasn't there. Oh, okay. that's right, because the observer told me that we were doing it for all the mums out there. Oh, all right. Okay, that's family. Right. So, well, well, they're out there. I don't have to worry about them. Always fighting, always tension in my family. And what my stepdad would uh, come up with as a solution is, I know there's so much tension, we need to be confined in a small space for a long period of time. Let's get into a caravan <laughs> for ages. Let's go out to sea for three months on a boat, on a tiny boat and live together. And then on one occasion, I remember, let's go spelunking. What's that? <laughs> Caving. Let's go down a cave. <laughs> this family tension will dissolve once we're thousands of miles below the Earth's surface. Let's take this fight to the Earth's core. <laughs> <laughs> so that was always forced. Really? I'm being forced into a small... That's a tiny caving ritual. Imagine it with the little... The hat with the, the light, light, light on. Yeah, with the light on so I could read my comics. <laughs> <laughs> below the surface of the earth. Yeah. 
The Coromandel Peninsula, you know what I'm talking about. Mr. Marson, your family. You love family fun. Yeah, yeah. you've got a proper family. Yeah, I mean, I still talk to them and everything. Wow. Uh, Crazy. A few years ago, my, my father turned 60, a bit of a milestone, and yeah. uh, the, we've never been on holidays. We've never taken a big, big family trip, like, you know, a Brady Bunch goes to Hawaii style. Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be great? Oh, it would be brilliant. You guys should release a single. Tinky God. Some sort of seeking uh, <laughs> God now business. Anyway, um, and uh, they all decided to go to uh, the Gold Coast and have some fun uh, looking around uh, the ocean and staying in a couple of hotels yeah. and going to some of the fun parks. Yeah, yeah. I was the only one in my family who couldn't go because of work. Um, and the guilt, it wasn't, it was a two week trip and every single day, about six phone calls a day. We're getting on the slides now. We yeah. we're here. <laughs> I'd be on the air for three hours, down on my phone. You have 72 messages. Yeah. <laughs> From mum. Bring a strip club. You should see these ladies. You should. Oh, my dad put another five in the G string. Oh, best holiday ever. What work was this, Mr. Barton? Oh, well, I had to say, I, I was on the air. Yeah, I think it was sex yes, show. Sex show. And you know, you know, the old Trevor is saying, hmm? never take a sick day on a sex show. Yeah, it's so true. Never show who's yeah. enjoyed it. Turn up and do your sex show stuff so over the weekend. So Come back and there's Ernie Siegley <laughs> in Upless Chaps. <laughs> filling in. Ouch. Literally. <laughs> filling him in and filling him out. That's all the atmosphere. Have you been forced into some family fun listers? This is going to be an interesting experiment, Tony. Right. Because you and I bond over the fact of our fractured family. Yeah. Well, we wish these people well, yeah. but from a distance, right? <laughs> but let's just think. It's you, this, will, this will teach us if it's only you and me. It's not just us. There's a lot of it out there. Give us a call, one triple three five three. Here again, this on Triple M. Darren, very quickly, yeah. uh, that song is uh, scientifically proven to, to get more cash in the bus, busking stakes. Oh, is it really? Than, uh, that, is it the Things of Stone and Wood song? Have you heard that? I know that. What's the other one? And I just said, what about breakfast at Tiffany's? Let's do that. Let's something. Well, we did a test. My homeboy, Charlie Garber, had a bucket and he just played the cover of the bucket and did Mr. Jones. In Pitt Street Mall, wow. cleaned up. Right. But then we switched it to uh, that, uh, you know, I said, word about nothing stilts. <laughs> it may have been the bucket, though. Not the song. Who's been forced into some family fun, Ed? Jim, how are you? Oh, I'm well, and yourself? Oh, excellent. What happened? Um, my my dad won some money on though and decided to take a, a, take me to New Zealand because I had no money at the time and I've gone, Dad, no, no, no. I spent two weeks in a camper van with my father and my uncle touring around the North Island with no money and my father wasn't the kind to swear and like he couldn't get the camper van to work because first he was down instead of up. Uh, and and like no, there was nothing wrong with Dad's driving. It had to be the camper van. So day two we had to switch camper van. Yes, this just sounds like every single Christmas when I was growing up. So you, so you got, essentially got kidnapped. You had no money, so if you tried to escape, there was nothing you could do. That's it. And every time I asked for something, like if I wanted a pack of cigarettes, a drink, or something to eat, so were you I'd 17 ask asking for a pack of cigarettes? <laughs> Hey, at that time, at that time, you could smoke at 16. Oh, my God. Yes, I did. And I kissed the tarmac at Sydney Airport when I arrived Just let me assure you that nobody in New Zealand has ever been to see them themselves. Yeah. That's just something to fool the Put on the tourists. For the tourists. Thanks, Jim. Hi, Matt. How you going, Ed? Oh, excellent, man. What happened? 
um, my parents' idea of family fun when I was uh, 14. They up and moved me from Melbourne to a town with a population less than a thousand, and I, I had to uh, start at a new school, and I had to wear my old school uniform. <laughs>
came when I was standing next to them at Burton's Ferrari. He <laughs> came to get his uh, autograph, and he made them get mine as well. <laughs> yeah, there's four sorted. Right on the phone. Then the fifth one was the players' sketch night. I sang a, a song called The Day the Wobbles Died, an 11-minute odyssey <laughs> to Collingwood winning a premiership in 1990 and the tragedy of that in my life. Well, um, and a woman came up afterwards and saw the saw I had the lyrics sheet on me. Said, "Can I have that lyric sheet? And would you sign them for me?" So there you go. Five autographs yeah. as a Hawthorne footballer. Imagine how many we could get playing local park soccer up the road. <laughs> no skill between us. <laughs> just heading them in from corners, left, right, and centre. We'll be heroes. You think uh, when you say, "Imagine how many we can get," are you thinking goals or autographs? Right? <laughs> just People right. walking through the park and saying, yeah. "No, that, that tall guy playing social soccer." Let's get, him, let's get his scribble. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon there's money in it. Yeah, uh, I wasn't going to mention this now, but let's do it. Tony, you bought in a present for it, I, I believe. Oh. Or, and I hope it's not one you want back, like that uh, table tennis award you what got in got? that. Time. What am I getting? Yeah. Well, what you're getting is grey and spicy boom boom. We had Angus Sampson on on Friday, and he plays Ugly Dave in that uh, movie, The King, about Graham Kennedy. He does a damn fine job. Mm. And we tried to leave, we left a message on Ugly Dave's machine, but we haven't heard back. Was it his son was the voice that you heard on the answering machine? David Gray, yeah, yeah. David Gray, I actually, the last stand-up gig I did, I had to come on after Dave Gray, that's the son, David Gray, and uh, died in the arm. Who did? He did or you did? Everyone, all of us on the night. David Gray was just doing, and I, and I apologise if this isn't true, but he was doing, if not his dad's material, <laughs> then certainly in the same genre. And there was just, it was just a tennis ball of gags. <laughs> <laughs> oh, women, they don't want to be, they don't want to be cuddled anymore, women. They just want to be bee-paired and get out of the car. Hey! Come on. He's a pipe. We're <laughs> <laughs> And me, there was Lawrence Mooney, who was, I think Jerry Seinfeld was on. Nobody <laughs> could top the barrage of Dave Gray Zingers. Do you never want to go on after a comic? I remember Woody Allen <laughs> in, um, Woody Allen in, is it, uh, Annie Hall? Yeah. He's going on for He's flirting with the, the door girl. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, the uh, stage manager. And says, we, you never want to go on after a, com- a comic. And look, he's getting laughs. I don't want to go on now. He's getting laughs. No. I can only die. No, balloon animals. That's what you want to go on after. <laughs> <laughs> How did you obtain a copy of Grain Spicy Boom Boom? Oh, this is from Sam Yeah, Sam Payne's collection. Wow. It's signed. This is the thing. It's signed on the back. Yeah. And it costs five ninety five. The price tag's still on it. <laughs> I mean, with the signature, it's worth eight bucks alone. I mean, we're making a profit here, Tom. Okay. <laughs> Look, we've got important issues to do. We've got to get through them while we've got an expert on them here. Well, we're going to catch the laughter bug from this album, it says. <laughs> That'll be next. I want to get that. with us. What was uh, in the papers over the weekend? Uh, there was a lot of, I know there was a lot of talk about circumcision because there were some, uh, frankly, graphic and embarrassing uh, cartoons and diagrams. Back in vogue, yeah. apparently. Really? I really think about this. We actually had a girl, so uh, it'd be kind of not an issue. But yeah. um, 
but leading in, you're thinking, oh, well, I guess it's all changed. There is very little circumcision anymore. Right. Except on the weekend, they're saying, well, it might be coming back in vogue. The World Health Organization right. and the College of Surgeons here in Australia mm. apparently thinking about HIV transmission rates and some oh, things that right. are going on. Uh, circumcised to be uncircumcised. And maybe there's an argument again for what has, I think, in recent times been thought of as unnecessary surgery. But they had a little inset, like they did the general issue story, yeah, yeah. and then they went the personal story of, of, of a circumcision that's, that's happened. And it, it, there's one paragraph read, mine has been circumcised, but with no needles, no scalpels, just some anaesthetic cream and a small plastic ring device with a string that pulls tight on the foreskin, oh. causing it to lose circulation and later drop off. And according to Dr. Russell of Brisbane, who was in charge of this procedure, it is totally painless. According to Dr. Johnny Knoxville, <laughs> who was in charge of this procedure. What I love about it is that normally in a story like that, you'd have to try and present both sides of the argument. <laughs> and uh, the uh, Kai, of course, being uh, around about 13 days old at the moment, uh, had no comments. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm glad you said that it's for health reasons, because when you say in vogue, I thought it was just like a fashion thing, like, you know, bell-bottoms are back. That in fashion, I think the first three shows of Fashion Week, that's all it was. It was just live circumcisions, hats off, with Morrissey giving commentary. Away we go. Well, some people, I think they also found that Jewish women have a lower case of cervical cancer or something, uh, with the study as well, mm-hmm. and also a lot of people saying that the circumcised penis looks better mm-hmm. than the uncircumcised. Where did you read that? Rich? No, I just read it. What website? I was in a public toilet, and I, t- I, I was there for a while, I heard some stuff. Oh, I think that's enough genital diseases. Oh, to blame your helmet beast plugging connection. He mentioned the internet. What's going on on Google? Because we were talking about this. Last week, you know, Richard was expressing fear when you get paranoid about the internet. Really, yeah. you know, they're keeping a database, so everything oh, yeah. you type into Google <laughs> goes onto your account, so they can just Google can just bring up okay, Martha, what have we got? Upskirting, teabagging, <laughs> McConaughey, McConaughey, <laughs> the largest launch premier, just all the things he's typed in. Well, the thing to remember is that that internet screen—it's on its way to being Big Brother in 1984. Right. It will be looking back at you and right. controlling your life soon. It's about. 38% of the way at the moment. And Google say that with um, online games, they're going to assess how people play games, the internet-based ones where you have big adventure, oh, yeah. choice type yeah, yeah, yeah. scenario building. Um, and basically, they're going to sell the decisions that you make onto advertisers who you might be... They're going to match players oh, yes. to advertisers according to the decisions they make in role-playing So they're going based on how sort of you play the game, they might go, oh, that guy needs some still knocks. Like, yeah. send his name to the still knocks people. Exactly. Or it says here, it literally said in the article that people who spend a lot of time exploring um, might be interested in vacations. <laughs> so they'll give you holiday destinations. And I, was, I remember a story you told, Tony, about when you played GoldenEye years to go in and was it break every bottle on a yeah, yeah, level? Yeah. So if anyone remembers the N64 GoldenEye, you know you've been trapped in the game too long when your aim is to get around the whole game and just smash everything. Every beaker <laughs> in the laboratory. Every crate in the warehouse. <laughs> so, I, mean, I don't know what you'd end up um, getting ads for. Possibly those discount centres that smash things a lot. <laughs> or... Uh, I'm not sure, paintball? You might just sort of say, you know, yeah. like the stuff that where you exercise anger. Yeah. That's desperate. I mean, that's a, 
you know, that's a lot of trouble to go through to get probably two hits because... But is that going to work? Well, I, but the people who play World of Warcraft, which is the main online game, mm-hmm. where it's essentially you choose to be the orcs or the humans and then you fight each other. Mm-hmm. Now, the people who choose to be the orcs and sort of walk around, what are they going to do? Come up with ads for flaming hats? You know what I mean? Like scepters that shoot lasers? <laughs> this young man is into magic. Maybe he'd be interested in a drug I've invented called ice. <laughs> Okay, do some crazy gear. I see on, uh, I think, 60 Minutes last night might have finally been tracking down that Nigerian royal family that's been sending in. Oh, are they? Are they rich? I don't know. I just saw a bit of it because I was flipping back to see if uh, Travis on Big Brother would add the letter O to the end of the word. <laughs> for our show. But do you get many uh, emails from Nigeria? Oh, a hell of a lot. You go probably about every three months. I always feel really sad when I get them because they, they obviously wouldn't send them if it didn't work. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, there's a slither... There's old people who have already been stung by midday television selling them computers for $150 yes. that were released in 1988. Yeah. already feel sad for them. Yeah. And they're looking at this on their computer from source that way. And now, well, now they're getting these emails and they're going to reply to them. What about the kids that get that, uh, you know, you see around Christmas, those terrible ads come on for the 150 computer games in one. And they say, oh, the latest computer technology. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. kids will love it when you take home block move up, you know, and, and walk forward. It's the craziest game ever. And you think there's some poor kid out there yeah. who's going to think, Xbox, here we go, and they're going to get 250. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I mean, when I was a kid, it was, it was the compendium of games. Yeah. The ball game was 49 games. And it was about 48 of them were snakes and ladders <laughs> from a different angle. <laughs> different things. And it's upside down. Now it's ladders and snakes. That's a different game. <laughs> and it's all aimed at well meaning old people. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Hey, uh, big issue on the weekend was uh, smoking in movies. Oh. It's going to be R-rated. Mm. Or possibly removed forever. Turfed out. So we're going to say, as we often like to do, what else needs to be turfed out from the movies? That'll be next. I'll get this. That sort of behaviour is just completely irresponsible. As Travis likes to say on Big Brother, it's get this around the nation on Triple N. Now, if the... <laughs> What? If the ads for the computer, Tony. Yeah. Tony Wilson is here. If the ads for the, like the, you know, the, the, the 386 computer with the dot matrix yeah. uh, screen is sad because the oldies are going to get into them. Commodore 64, Vic 20. Yeah. yeah. Even sadder is the Crisco hamper ads. <laughs> now, what are the Crisco hamper ads for people who well, haven't seen them? They're like a hamper, and you pay them like 10 bucks a week for the whole year. Right. And then on Christmas Day, you get like this fantastic hamper. Okay. So the sad uh, part about it, Tony, is that they start advertising them on about the 28th of December. So they're right. actually latching on to the fact that people have just been through Christmas with not enough food for the family. Yeah, fair. Sure. Yeah. And, and then, then we're on, right. We're in here. If you want tins of olives and unrecognisable salmon next year, then get on the Crisco train. And the reason I remember now when I was a kid, it was something weird going on in my house, and we all had to bring in food for one of these hampers one day. And so we brought in food, and I brought in like tin of olives or something. And then I saw it at my place like a few weeks later. I said, I thought, right, that's it. I'm going to find out what's going on here. Mum, what's going on with the hamper? Ah, we're moving to Sydney. But right, there we go. <laughs> that, that, that question solved. Man, like a bandit. Took out tens of dollars and went north. Did your mum, was there some corruption with the prize at your... Oh, yeah, that was the time that I won the um, 
I won the third grade uh, climbing in contest after I, ch- I copied Joshua Stapleton's uh, entry, but he foolishly, foolishly hadn't put any of himself in it. So I drew a portrait of myself uh, and a cat and a very large flower and wrote a soppy Mother's Day at our place thing over the top, handed it in, won the contest and found out that my mum was head of the judging committee. <laughs> she had her eyes on the prize. It was, like a really good, it was like a really good prize, and she wanted it, so well, I won. Riddled with corruption is the Cavalry family, but these ham- we've got to get some hampers. Maybe that's the answer. Well. We've got a, a prize deficit. We always have a prize deficit here again. This, despite the involvement of our friends uh, Nissan Navara, yeah. well, we make, the, make the winners contribute $10 a week for the rest of the year, and then they can get their prize. <laughs> Great idea. On <laughs> their behalf, they can split the chips, the Red Seal chicken flavored chips. It's Boxing Day. Are you thinking about Christmas? <laughs> All right, uh, movies. What needs to go from them? Let's talk about that next time. Get this. Triple M is the station around the nation, and we've got uh, Tony Wilson with us with yet another book coming out, Harry High Pants. August. That's a long way away. Fascism. Roy Bland comes to town oh. and tries to set pant heights at, at a certain height. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the kids have a free pant festival at the celebration of pants. And Harry High Pants takes to the podium when Roy Bland's supporters try to disrupt the festival and just said, Who are you to tell us how to wear our pants? Have you sold the film rights? <laughs> haven't yet. She had a talk to some kids the other day. They did a reading. I used to go. And I said, It's about fascism, you know? Like, um, take a situation like Afghanistan. There'd be the girls out there. There was a situation where girls weren't allowed to go to school in Afghanistan. You know, that's effectively the sort of government that can come in. Dangerous to talk about uh, fascism when uh, kids get a few instructions from <laughs> teachers and parents. But anyway, I go through the concept, and then one of the kids has put his hand up and said, I did karate chop him. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that maybe. <laughs> training uh, army. Just, uh, give him some. He learns karate, then he has them sorted. Fair maybe enough. George W. Bush could consult uh, Harry High Pants to learn about what's going on in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading Harry High Pants the other day. Now it's all so clear to me. Reformed. Oh, he's a bit high. Were well, you saying you're doing some box pops, Tony? Oh, you, know, you hit the streets yeah. about where the city, I live in Melbourne, and where, where the city of Melbourne should be in the next 10 years. We walked around and just found some Melbourne landmarks, and yeah. mm-hmm. I went with uh, my own contributions with flying trams, because everyone thinks it's going to be cars and skateboards, having what's back to the future too, but <laughs> we'll solve <laughs> And we'll solve the hook turn problem as well. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> if we can get them elevated. And what sort of things were people saying to you? Well, a huge amount actually said we want to get Emos out of the off the off the Flinders Street steps. Anyone anyone under twenty five in a particular block said, "Can we get rid of emos?" Off the, I just thought, why take it out on the emos? They ever done it. They just you know they're a sad fringe based group, you know, and they've never done anything to hurt anyone. They're, yeah. they're also upset by the Crisco yeah. ads. They're absolutely beside themselves with the Crisco ads. They're keeping the uh, eyeliner industry afloat. Keeping Emily the Strange t-shirts going. What have they ever done? Uh, we're talking about movies today. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, where did Tobey Maguire go semi-emo in that new uh, yeah, Spider-Man movie? Nice nice that's his evil side. See, that's giving them a bad name. It is. So the evil stuff comes down from space, but he's infringing us down. Having some precious blood. Very odd dance moves. Okay, smoking. This always comes up. It's, it's not necessarily going to be banned from movies, but it will result in movies getting a uh, an R rating. Now... You know, the thing is, smoking 
why don't they just make smoking illegal? Isn't that really what this is about? Because, okay, we'll get rid of smoking, but shooting someone in the head, still perfectly acceptable. That's not setting a bad example. As Daniel Craig says uh, in his James Bond films, I can blow someone's head off, but I can't light a good cigar. But do you think it should be banned? Good night and good luck would have been a hard film to make. No, I couldn't have done it. That new Graham Kennedy film, that's all smoking, that one. This, well, almost like um, they're almost doing it because if you watch like any sort of Disney film or any film mm. that's almost PG, mm. any character who smokes or has a little sip of alcohol, evil, immediately yeah, evil. Right. Yeah, they're bad dudes. Mm. Like it's their, their little way of saying you, you know you shouldn't be doing this. Does the like kids smoke? <laughs> I know the kids don't stand by me smoke, don't they? Yeah, but like you know, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm all right. Rob Reiner's big complaints because he's behind a lot of this. Is he? Really? Rob Reiner. Reiner. Yeah, uh, I know I did stand by me, but but. Uh, yeah. You should make a list of directors who have turned, like having had made great films and great careers. And yeah. really, like Steven Spielberg's come out and said, "There's no way I would have finished Close Encounters of the Third Kind like that." Now that I'm a parent, oh, a so guy, what happens? A guy heading off yeah. to space with aliens. Dream of many of us. Yeah. Basically, uh, wouldn't make it. The Said he wouldn't, you know, if he was to make Paddy Cake again, mm. he wouldn't have uh, Rodney Dangerfield have the radio hit. How dare Because they're partying. It's it's the bad example to other golfers on the court. Exactly. You can't play through a party. Giving no respect. Listen to this. George Lucas, he doesn't like Spider Man 3 because the effects aren't fake enough. He's labelled it as silly with no storyline. <laughs> He said, once you take it apart, there's not much story. This is the guy who invented all this new technology to basically make a two-hour film about uh, trade tariffs. <laughs> when, will people, when will people get back to making... It's not like the order in the house. <laughs> <laughs> order in the house in space. He said that a man made of sand, please, people need believable characters like six-foot amphibians that dress head-to-toe in leather. Jar Jar Binks style. <laughs> so he wants out. But listen, I have the dovetail today. So we're going to have a phone topic is going to be... Call in with things you want to see gone from movies forever. What do you want to see cut out of the movies? Dovetailed with, if you've seen Spider-Man 3, mm. which scene got the biggest laughs? Because <laughs> when I saw it, the dancing, the sort of... The emo dancing. The emo dancing out the front of the shop. Killed. And, and a bit of I love you to uh, dance on the bridge. Yeah. Murdered. <laughs> Absolutely murdered. More laughs than Borat. <laughs> what needs to go from the movies? I'm going to put this on the list. Babies doing stuff that babies can't do. Talking babies and dancing babies, it's not funny, it's just creepy and disturbing. It's not cute. It's not clever, it's not funny. There you go. Rich? I reckon, you know that warning that comes up at the start of things where it says, you know, this film can't be shown in uh, uh, schools, hospitals, you know, oil rigs rigs and prisons. (laughs) And it's on every movie, like Mrs. Caldecott's Cabbage War. Who's showing that in a prison? (laughs) And if you are, you've got a few more problems than any sort of legality. Yeah, the question great. is, when did you see Mrs. Caldecott's <laughs> Cabbage War? I've seen it several times. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no, I want to get rid of young, very, very beautiful, young, professional women who are miles above where any 22-year-old is in their career. Right. Right. They always right. make someone as though they're the chief executive or the right. the head agent or the partner in the law firm. And, you know, it's the lead female who's 23. Yeah. Right. Very frustrating. Kyra Knightley. Yeah. Same applies to young men as well. Of course. Fair enough. <laughs> Is Anne Hathaway in uh, Devil is Prada, that kind of feel? Yeah. Is that what we're going for? Although she starts off yeah. young. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
No, it's not. If she was playing the Meryl Streep role, that might be a good example. Well, I need an example there. Well, Terry McGuire. Yeah, Renee Zellweger. Isn't she got a big role in that? No, she's just the assistant. Oh, God, I can't think of a good one. There we go. Everyone on CSI, the entire cast. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Cavalier, what needs to go from the movies? What are you finally fed up with? Um... Well, Tony, to be honest with you, I just prepared that George Lucas thing and wasn't ready for this question so much. So, uh, so you're still uh, floating the uh, boat for Rodney Dangerfield being added to digitally, added digitally, posthumously to films that perhaps he could have jazzed up. Yeah, don't tell me he would have been good in a Moulin Rouge. <laughs> I know Baz is working on Australia up in the Northern Territory at the moment. That would so tell me Dangerfield. That's uh, under the sheep station. Can get no regard. <laughs> in the sheep dip. Caught in the sheep dip. Three diving boards. Boing, boing, yeah. boing. In party time. <laughs> get the journey, Baz. Yeah. We want to see people partying with Rodney <laughs> in the outback. That's <laughs> Australia. All right, what needs to go from movies? Dovetailed with which bit of Spider-Man 3 got the biggest laugh when you saw it. If you can understand any of that, the number to call is one triple three five three. And running, going to be powder finger. Let's get this on triple M. Tony Wilson is sitting in for the hour, and I believe we're asking what needs to go from the movie. Smoking's on the way out. Why yeah. stop there? Who's next, Ed? How? Yeah, how, how are you going? Well, we're good, mate. What needs to go? I, I, I would love to see establishment shots go. Like, I'd love to see someone arrive in Paris and not see the Eiffel Tower. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or a film set in New York that doesn't start with a helicopter shot swooping in. Yeah, or a girl getting sick and not being pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Well, or really just <laughs> any scene in a uh, suburban street where the camera comes down on a crane from the trees yeah. and, and meets the car as it pulls uh, up outside the house. And there's a feather flying down that they're focusing just on the feather. No, it's very nihilistic storytelling, though, not to, not to allow people to know they're in New York when they're in New York. Yeah. Well, well, thanks, mate. Lose the establishing shots. What else goes? John, how are you? Hey, guys. What's going to go, mate? American families that are supposed to be poor that live in two-story houses. Oh, <laughs> Which one are you thinking of, John? Yeah. Yeah. The one I like is Father of the Bride with Steve Martin. Oh, the whole yeah. the plot of the movie is that, oh, how's he going to be able to afford his, his the daughter's wedding? You're going, well, firstly, he's running a sports shoe company. <laughs> he's running Nike. And secondly, he's living in a mansion. <laughs> and it's one wing of the mansion yeah. to pay for the wedding, perhaps, would be. Yeah. Out the pool room, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good idea. What else has to go? Stephen, how are you? Good, guys. Great. What needs to go? Wow, they wouldn't last long. <laughs> I'd like to say that. <laughs> but you're talking about the, the sort of the sensitive John Cusack style male leads? Absolutely. Anything that's designed to make you cry should not be allowed in a movie. Well, I'd say though, with our three men and a baby, at least two of the men were also disgusted with the film and barely came back for the sequel. Because yeah. remember, there was a, there was a sequel where they only turned up to be three men together in the, the last scene. scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. who didn't want to borrow it? Selleck. Heath Selleck. Heath Selleck. Who was the other one? Gutenberg. Gutenberg is sharp for anything. Yeah, he was out and didn't do it. Got to drill a line somewhere. Too busy ruining Saving Private Ryan. Hi, Chris. Hello. What needs to go, mate? Yeah, the, the geeky hot chick. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that's it. I like it. 
And also any uh, any school movie that's based on dancing. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like Stomp the Yard or Save the Last Dance or You Got Served. What kind of education do they serve with dancing? Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Everything can be solved through dance. Have you, have you seen Stick It, Chris, which is, the, uh, which is the gymnastics version of those films? Uh, no, and I don't think I will. Oh. Yeah. And whereabouts, Chris, have you, you know, been forced to sit through these films? Who's doing that to you? Oh, I've got little sisters. Right. Who's your favourite nerdy hot chick? Um, She's all that. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> well, the classic at the moment is Ugly Betty, and she's supposed to be ugly, but in fact... She's beautiful. She's got, like, a smile fills up her room. Just wait oh. for Series 3. Yeah, that really... But <laughs> <laughs> in America, someone with braces... Oh, my God! He's idiot! Get a bag over it here! <laughs> Who's going next? Jo- uh, John, how are you? Good, thanks. What's going on? What needs to go? Dancing in movies, because mm. they think it solves the problem. Well, it's my sister, my little sister's favourite film. Mm. It's just such crap. It is such crap. Okay, she thinks that, oh, if I dance my heart out, oh, I'm going to be able to solve all my problems. Yes. Yeah, so with this guy, he's treating her like crap. Yep. Yeah. Just go up to him, kick him one in the nuts, and tell him if you do it again, I'll cut him off. There you go, John. <laughs> be a very short centre yeah, stage. Get yourself to Hollywood, brother. You're onto something. But, you know, she, he's right. Maybe dancing uh, in, you know, bigger problems could be solved. Maybe Jahid should have had uh, <laughs> dancing to solve problems. And they're also in uh, centre stage, they do that one where if the structured dancing is really... I mean, the structured dancing is getting me down. I've got to get back to my, just my body moving roots. Yeah. To the projects yeah. where just, there's a dance class where they're dancing for the hell of it. It's not about money. It's not about status. It's just about movement, Rich. It's about feeling yourself in the music. Yeah. And then she solves her problems. Yeah, the only time uh, dancing solves a problem is when it's unleashed by Rodney Dangerfield on a golf course. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. Hello, Paul. How are you? Good, yourself? Uh, we're excellent. What needs to go? Uh, what needs to go is Disney. Oh, Disney. What have they done now? Uh, remember the Dinotopia lot? Yeah. Yeah, to get a G rating, they left the cloacas off the dinosaurs. Well, there you go. And actually, their makes news, too. I remember just this year, there's been a fossilised dinosaur yeah. that, that actually hits the headlines of the real papers. But the kids, they're not allowed to live in the real world. No, very true. Consider the poor cartoon dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do we have right time for one more? Hey, uh, hey there, uh, Megan, how are you? Hello. What's that? What needs to go? Well, this is the thing for American movie, movies. Mum cooks breakfast before on bacon and eggs waffles for the whole family. Mm-hmm. And everyone runs out the door saying, no, I haven't got time to eat it. And Mum goes, okay, that's fine. My mum would go insane if she did that yeah. for us. But Megan, have you seen on, the, in your, on your soap operas, I've started watching Home and Away and Neighbours to get back to my roots, and uh, at the start of every single scene, someone's making a sandwich they never eat? <laughs> yeah, and when, and when people meet in bars and things, they always order drinks and they never drink them. This is so true. <laughs> yep. They, they just, they just don't want to get into that uh, continuity, what's the level oh, of the drink call. <laughs> a lot of them just say, I'm not touching that. Yeah, in, see, in, I saw a scene in Home and Away has got an amazing storyline at the moment where someone's running a strip club. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, and it's very, it's one of the tamest strip clubs you're ever likely to see. Uh, sort of 
have a focused, slight pole dancing with clothes on in the distance. It's worth, it's worth the entry fee alone. Uh, and they had a scene where they were having dinner, and every single person before they said their line had their glass in their mouth and then put it down to speak. <laughs> I love the idea that the scriptwriters there have maybe been watching The Sopranos and have asked the question of the EPs at home and away, can we do a butter bing type <laughs> <laughs> And they said, well, sort of, but um, yeah. we're going to have to use a frosty lens and yeah. get quite a long way away from the pole. <laughs> Not enough butter. Not enough bean. All right, I think we've improved the cinema. Thank you. As we so often do, we'll be back to wind things up in a moment. I'll get this. <laughs> I'm <laughs> 